Welcome to the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm Sam Marks. And I'm Johnny FD. We're self-made entrepreneurs who invest our own money and use modern technology to invest like a boss. Join us each week for exclusive interviews with our network of modern investors, business owners, and multimillionaires to discover new ways to invest our hard-earned cash. Hey guys, this is Johnny and welcome to episode 133 of the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm here Live in person with <laughs> Sam Marks in Chiang Mai. Uh, good to see you, Johnny. It's good to hang out again. I feel like this is somewhat of a downgrade to our studio podcasting in Los Angeles going back a few months ago. Because now we are literally in a studio, <laughs> a $250 a month studio to be exact. It looks Thai. It, it certainly looks Thai. But so, yeah, I mean, it's functional. Yeah, so I actually, so I just arrived today and... Even though I should be in bed right now, it might be a bit delirious. Sam was like, let's pop out the podcast. Let's hang out. Let's go get some food. So here we are. Man, I've had a brain drain until you arrived. I've literally just been in my condo, doing my thing, working. But uh, yeah, a little lacking on the network right now. But hopefully you'll bring out a lot of the, you know, a lot of people come to Chiang Mai. They kind of hide low and then take somebody to really spearhead getting people together. And that's usually you. So, uh, yeah, it's good to have you in town. All right. Well, if anyone's in town, we can do a uh, meetup and we can do another six-figure sushi. We should, we should bring that back. We can have a party at Johnny's because he's got these really old wooden tie floors that are indestructible and cement walls that are also indestructible. I, f- I feel like this is a well-built concrete box. That's going to stand <laughs> for a long time. So... What we're going to talk about on this episode, actually, we're just going to do a 2019 year in review. You know, our quarterly updates have been getting really long because we got a lot going on. Our investment portfolios are getting larger in a lot of ways. We're pretty active. We're traveling a lot. So we thought what we'd do is just talk about 2019, talk about, try to leave some of the investing stuff out for our upcoming New Year's, uh, I guess we'll call it New Year's updates episode. We'll talk about our full portfolio, what's working, personal finances, and what we're gonna do in 2020, man. It's gonna be awesome. But this year, let's let's recap everything that's been going on. Yeah, so let's start with the travels. Because mm-hmm. I think a big, I mean, even though this is an investing podcast, I think part of the reasons why people want to invest and be you know financially free, location independent, is to be able to to see the world. And we're very fortunate that this is literally the first generation where we can reach the four corners of the world. Mm-hmm. Like if our grandparents wanted to travel that much, it was hard. Like there just wasn't that many flights. You know, you had to take a boat sometimes for like three months to get somewhere. Now, within 24 hours, you can pretty much be anywhere in the world. Yeah. If you go back even further into history, there's just no access to cash or liquid assets when you're traveling so you would literally have to take like a box of gold with you to be able to finance long-term travel or whatever so now you can just pop into an atm anywhere send somebody a cryptocurrency and you're sorted even just 10 years ago Mm -hmm. people were using traveler's checks as kind of the primary way to get money abroad yeah i never had to use a traveler's check did you ever i have never used one but when i first started traveling people were using them it was like a pretty common thing and i always had to change cash atms were a bit harder and kind of a trickier to to figure out Mm -hmm. now there's cards like charles shab that refund all atm fees worldwide it's so simple i mean i get off the plane i just withdraw 300 dollars us in whatever local currency it is then I use everything, you know, I use credit cards or Apple Pay even for uh-huh. everything else. And it's so easy. It's, no. yeah. I have, I, before we get into travel, I have a funny, quick, funny story on that topic. So I, I, I had this, I bought this property in Thailand that fell through. It's been gone, gone through about a year long of litigation, finally getting the money back. But what I've realized is once you have money in the Thai banking system, it's not easy to get it out. I think the same is true in China, but I went to transfer out about 100,000 US in Thai bot to my Hong Kong account, and they're like, nah, you can't do it. 
Now you have to like file all these different types of paperwork that show the contract, the contract being terminated. You have to have a lawyer approve it. Then we can authorize to set it up and transfer money. I'm like, I'm like this is ridiculous. Like this could take, you know, it could take a month to do this, and I need to get that money to buy this place in Barcelona. So I'm like, how do I get this money out? I can transfer it to you know some Thai person or whatever. And basically, what the solution was is. You can take three hundred thousand baht a day out of an ATM. <laughs> Where in like the U.S., I think my max is maybe like five hundred dollars or something. Three hundred thousand bahts, like ten grand. That's a lot. So yeah, right. So I, I'm I'm at K Bank just down the street, testing it. If you guys can hear that, we're we're right under flight path, but we thought we'd uh, leave the doors open for some ambiance. So. And like I download the app and the lady walks me outside. She's like, here, you know, show me how to do it. And I'm pulling, you you have to do it in basically a thousand dollar tranches. But I just sat there for 10 minutes and I just took out thousand dollars, 30,000 baht, 30,000 baht, 30,000 baht, 30,000 baht. And my pockets are stuffed. So I'm like, well, I can take, we can fly like 10 grand at a time. So I'm going to Hong Kong like three times in the next, next month. So I'm like, I'll just take all this cash and then take it to Hong Kong and deposit it, exchange it and deposit it into the banking system there. You know, what you could also do is each person can carry 10 grand in cash. Yeah, so if you I mean, bring some friends yeah. to go hang out in Hong Kong. You want to fly economy on, cash on, on Thai Airways? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Thai Air Asia? Go, we'd be like, hey, you want to have some dim sum? Come with me for a day, for a night. What do they call it? Mules? Like money mules or... We're not drug mule. We're just cash mules. Yeah. But yeah. So interesting. So be careful if you get money in the Thai banking system. It's not easy to get out. But if you need to get it out, cash. That is crazy. They let you take out 10,000 US yeah. per day. I need to do it again tomorrow if you want to come by and witness it. Actually, it'd be kind of funny to see. <laughs> so with uh, with Shab, uh, one thing I wanted to, to mention is it's kind of t- – it's perfect because – they're, the reason why they refund the ATM fees is because they hope that you invest with them. So you buy stock through them. And in my case, I did. You know, part Partially because I already had the account, so it's much easier than opening up a Fidelity account or... Well, who did who did you use for individual stocks? Uh, I use E-Trade. Yeah. I, you know, because I already had shop, I would use them. And every time I would buy or sell, it would be mm. $6. Now it's free too, which is insane. Yeah. So... It's it, they kind of just want you in their kind of their their kind of circle, and I made a video about this on my YouTube channel recently. But people will be getting their accounts closed for taking advantage of it too much. Really, like you get because now all the travelers know about it, and you have a lot of people that have like three hundred bucks in their account. They have nothing in their investment account, mm-hmm. but they go into the ATM like every other day, <laughs> taking out twenty bucks or forty bucks. And hitting shop with the you know five dollar fee, yeah. And Shaw Shaw was like, no, like you guys, you know, you guys aren't worth my time. It's like credit card point hackers, same game, <laughs> kind of. But this, like this, like nobody even benefits from it. It's yeah. really just out of people just not really caring. They're like, oh, it's free, so why wouldn't I, you yeah. know, why wouldn't I do it as much as possible? If you give something to somebody for free, then they often take it. Yeah, I know. So. Remember, guys, keep a good balance in there and don't abuse the system. Abuse it. <laughs> you ruin it for everybody. Yeah. All right. So uh, we are back in Chiang Mai now. You just got back mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. And I guess we probably shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't work our way backwards. Let, let, let's start beginning of 2019 and then work our way here again. So what's funny is it's going to come full circle because we are ending the year in Chiang Mai and I think both of us started the year yeah. in Chiang Mai yeah that's interesting it's just becoming that place it's, it's the weather now for anyone who's not here it's the best weather I think Chiang Mai's ever had that all everyone's talking about it it's absolutely perfect it's about 25 Celsius in the day goes down to about 12 at night not a cloud in the sky just a little breeze it's just it's like it really is kind of like heaven. I don't know. I felt the same last year, but the weather is even better this year because it's slightly chillier. Yeah, which is, which is kind of nice for Thailand. Yeah, especially because it's still sunny during the day. You can walk around. I mean, I literally was walking around t-shirt and shorts all day. It was sunny, mm-hmm. but at night I'm gonna sleep without the air conditioner. You know, and you're gonna be a little bit chilly under the under, under the blankets. And it's kind of it's like a nice feeling. Yeah, I, I flew from Mongolia where it was literally minus thirty four. 
to Chiang Mai, where the first day I got here was 34. This is like a 70. Oh my god! 70 That's point insane. Celsius swing. It was mad. How much? How many jackets did you end up buying during that trip? It was weird, man. I I was never that cold. Like you think you go outside in minus 34, and you immediately freeze and die, and like your eyelids freeze shut. But the tra- I mean, we talk about this a little bit when we get into travel. But the trains were warm and. You know, it was, I don't know. I guess you just kind of adjust to it. At, so, at one point, I was just like, I like this weather. I, 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 I dig it. I think it depends on where it is. But when I was in Ukraine last April, it was cold. It was it was pretty much zero degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's freezing. So, you know, zero Celsius, 32 or 34 Fahrenheit. And I didn't think I would be able to handle it because I hate the cold. But what I realized is in countries that are built for the cold, they're, everything's built for the cold. So they're not going to let their people die <laughs> and mm-hmm. they're prepared for it. So it's warm everywhere you go. Everywhere, every train, every building, it's warm. Places like San Francisco where I grew up, it, they're not really built for the cold because it doesn't get that cold. So my parents' house have, has no insulation. There's no central heating. And when it's, you know, cold outside, when it's, you know, 45 or like plus, you know, nine or something, mm. it's plus nine inside too. And you, so you just never warm up. You're just cold constantly. I wouldn't want to do it all year round. But what I realized is when your body's that cold, when it's minus 30, your body is, is in survival mode. And it, it, it just, it's in a different mental state that you are in when you're in that. You, you don't sweat the small stuff, the little stresses of life, the, the banking issues that you have, the little girlfriend issues that you have, like all these little things that we think about when we're in Chiang Mai, they, they, they disappear. Your body's in just a different type of zone physically and mentally. And I, I, di- I really liked it. They write about this. So there's a book called The Lessons of History. It's like a hundred page book that tries to summarize some of the lessons of history. And, and then they're just talking about civilizations that, that developed kind of around the tropics and versus like the Arctics and the, the polar caps and how the, the ones that developed in the polar caps are like, they, they create these very stimulated people because they're forced to create solutions for their survival. And um, yeah, I don't know. When I was there, I just felt switched on, smart stress-free it was really it was a cool experience i want to do it every year i want to get to the the polar caps wow somehow well what's funny is when i first started traveling a big reason for it well probably probably the, one of the main reasons is because i hated the cold that much mm-hmm. i hated winter so much that i was like i never want to spend another winter in the cold again and i did that for almost 10 years and it was just the last year or two where i'm like you know what i kind of miss having the seasons Mm-hmm. You know, I think life is more interesting when you have a season. I agree completely. And I felt the same when I lived in Scotland. The winters there were just miserable, depressing, gray, cold, windy. Every day, the same thing, walking through snow, nothing to do on the weekends. But I think it's it's certainly a lot different when you're on some type of adventure or trip. But I, I could see myself... I mean, Russia was awesome, man. Oh, my God. The photos looked so cool. It was so good. I had so much FOMO from those photos. Ah, There's nothing better than taking a trip that absolutely destroys your expectations. And there's nothing worse than taking a trip that you have high expectations for and it doesn't meet it. All right. Well, let's start with with, uh, Russia. Trap Shop here in Railroad. You want to go straight to the climax? Yeah. Oh, man. It's a a podcast. People might stop listening. (laughs) So I, I took... The Trans-Siberia Railway. It's been top trip I've wanted to do my entire life ever since I heard about it. Main reason I wanted to do it was because they're building a high-speed rail now from Moscow to basically Beijing. Russia and China are collaborating on it. When that happens, I figure everything's going to change. All that area that's unexplored will be quickly developed and you'll have tourists everywhere. Uh, And there's also a documentary called Happy People that is on Netflix, you can watch, check it out. It's basically about like a small village in Siberia and how they live, which is basically hunting and gathering and the women stay home and cook and they live in these really like wooden shacks, but they're happy. And I was always turned on to Siberia as this kind of mythical place 
I mean, you look at a map, what's north of Mongolia? I don't think anything, right? Well, it turns out there's some like amazing cities that are pretty well developed and people that are, you know, could be, could be your best friend that you have a lot in common with. So went with four guys, a couple guys have been on the podcast and I started in Helsinki, took a train to St. Petersburg from there, take a tr- took a train to Moscow. And that's where the official Trans-Siberia railway starts. It takes about two to three weeks. You can stretch it out to four weeks if you want. And you can go down to Mongolia. You can go all the way across Eastern Russia. Um, we decided to go down through Mongolia. And you know what? I saw all those photos that you that you posted were so epic. Like I had <laughs> like every time I saw it, I was like, "Crap! I wish I was there." I mean, it started with you in Moscow wearing like the all black Adidas tracksuit and just looking like a total gopnik, which which are like the Russian thugs, they're like the chavs of of the Eastern Bloc. Yeah, man, you you couldn't have done this trip any better. It was the perfect group. We went all out. So we used a, a company called Nomad Train to organize it. I think like that name kind of puts it in a box. I was expecting it to be a little bit more budget, a little bit more, um, you know, backpacker style. Dude, this, it was top notch. It was the best organized trip I've ever been on. The service was incredible. The luxuries, like you, you, you can do everything from extremely budget all the way up to super luxury. And it's the perfect time to go right now because the ruble's ridiculously cheap. So everything in Russia is on sale. Everywhere we went, I mean, you, you could barely, it's not as cheap as Chiang Mai, but you couldn't really get out of control with spending and you could do all the best restaurants in Russia, limousines everywhere, best hotels. Every train that we took, we had a private cabin, two person per cabin, like <laughs> basically like red carpets in the cabin and stuff, velvet sides. I mean, it was just such an insane experience. The stories, like every stop that we took, we did something crazy. I mean, we didn't post half the photos. Wow. And then, so did you, like, did you guys pre-plan every stop, like what you were going to do there? Or did you kind of leave it up, like, spontaneously? Nomad Train organized all the trains, hotels. So I paid for the two and a half weeks, actually wrote it out, paid uh, about $2,400. That was all the trains, all the hotels. And then all the activities were like another, say, grand. So kind of high level all in, uh, plus a visa is like 3600 bucks or something. And then we said, hey, we want to do like crazy stuff at every stop. They kind of had prearranged ideas for every location. And we're like, well, what if we want to drive race cars or go dog sledding or go ice swimming, things like this? And they... They had local guides in each city that went out and like figured out how to do all these things that they'd never arranged before. That's so crazy they did that for you. Yeah. And then once the guides knew that we liked crazy stuff, then they arranged like further crazy stuff for us. And it was it was just I mean, the people in Russia are awesome. And we're used to the media and seeing kind of this axis of evil. And I'd never been to Russia. I met Russians abroad, but that country is so well organized. I was expecting to see thugs everywhere and crime and graffiti. It's clean. The people are, are very decent, very um, respectful of your space, uh, very orderly and fun and like and, and have a good laugh. The guys are pretty serious. You know, we'd be on the train trying to kind of joke around with the, the guys on the train and they couldn't understand what we're doing. I'm like, yeah, I just made a joke. He's like, no joke. No joke. <laughs> like they, don't, they, they don't like jokes. That's but, funny. Uh, yeah, man. It's like, you know, Marco Polo, when they was on his deathbed, he said, uh, the people are like challenging him about all of his stories. Like, you didn't do this stuff. He's like, I only told you about half of what I saw. That's how I feel about Russia. It's like every day was just such a crazy adventure. And so just so good all around. Awesome group. Awesome chat. Great. It just opened up this third of the world that I didn't even know existed. So in that in that capacity, it really expanded my horizon and my world where like now there's all these places I want to go back to that I, I didn't even know existed. That's exactly why I've been learning Russian. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had a glimpse of it, like just going to Ukraine, you know, places like Lithuania and just kind of talking to, like just seeing a glimpse of this, 
entire kind of former USSR. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is so off the beaten path. This is so untraveled. And a lot of those, the people there don't travel that much either. So it's like, this is kind of like one of the, the few places in the world that we have the opportunity to go to where it, it it's it's like nothing else. I, you know these people, there's all these stories, people get exiled in Russia or trapped in Russia. I'm raising my hand. Like, do it. I'm, I'll go. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would move there. I would, I would live in Siberia. There's enough to do. People are cool. Like, these, these cities in Siberia that we're stopping at have all the comforts of home back in the U.S. or, or just about anywhere. They have ski resorts all around it. They have amazing nature they have lots of activities they have you know great bars incredible restaurants like there's there's plenty to do you don't you're not going to siberia and finding like um, you can you can go to these really remote areas but across this trans-siberian railway they're all developed cities first world and a lot of it was built apparently with labor from soviet union or after world war ii and they brought all the germans so like the, the places are really well built a lot of really cool architecture i don't know it's I'm going back. Uh, you know what? I'm I'll, going back. I'll, I'll probably join you next time. <laughs> so the one photo that I, that made me, gave me gave me the most FOMO. Mm-hmm. Gonna guess which one it was? Got to be Mongolia. It was Mongolia. Yeah. It was when you guys were all in costume in that yurt. Mm-hmm. How who how did you guys arrange that? You seen the Netflix documentary Marco Polo? Yeah. I watched it too. And uh, I was just immediately drawn to that whole history of Genghis Khan, the Mongols. And so it's something I always want to do, kind of like go and live that. You know, we talk about nomads a lot. They're the original nomads. And those yurts, they can knock down and pop up in like an hour with with a few guys. They still do it. There's still people there that live in yurts and they're nomads. And this all started hundreds, hundreds of years ago, almost a thousand years ago. And uh, Mongolia is like a... It's a super interesting place, but they haven't really been up to much in the last 800 years. Like Genghis Khan is the man there. He's been the man for the last 800 years. There's not much of a story since. And so that's why I wanted to end the tri- the trip in Mongolia. I wanted to see that whole nomadic, you know, the original nomads and, uh, and tried living in a yurt. And it was another one that Nomad Train helped set up, even though they never they had never set it up before. I think that uh, needs to be part of every Trans-Siberian trip. Yeah, and, and it, I, I was so disappointed. Like that, I belong in that yurt in this costume. You would look perfect in this yurt, and we wanted to do more. So my my kind of vision was that we would we'd be out in like the Gobi Desert in a yurt. We'd be wrestling with Mongols, like having a huge feast with, and just, you know, having lamb legs with our hands and stuff like that. Like, in a, just like this kind of out in the plains uh, party, but it's minus 35. So like pretty much all these people are shut down. Um, so probably go back in the summer and do it like that. But it was a really cool experience being minus 35 and in a yurt. And you walk outside and like take a leak and like your pee freezes wow. on spot on. Uh, but you go inside and, they, and all these yurts have fireplaces inside and it was super toasty and we're just sitting in there like drinking beer and it was it was an amazing experience man it I, I, I regret not going I couldn't go this year because I had too many obligations but it, it's it's something that I regret not, not doing it's there I would recommend everyone if you're thinking about doing it do it like do it early bec- and I would also recommend doing it and I think November was the perfect month to do it you have enough daylight you get lots of snow. So if you think of Siberia, what do you think of? Snow. Tundra snow, right? So don't go in the summer because it's just it's not going to be the same experience. Go when it's it's Siberia, when it's it's how you think of Siberia. There's plenty to do. People are like, you're crazy for going. It's minus 30. But it made the whole experience so much richer. And I think once they develop this high-speed railway, it's, it's going to be different. It's. I would get out there and do it. And if you if you're gonna th- think about doing it, contact Nomad Train. I think they're just incredible. The value was really really good. I'll break down the the cost of the trip in the show notes. But I think all in I was kind of six grand. But you won't spend any more money than that. Like we we were at the nicest hotels, nicest trains, nicest dinners everywhere, full activities. So you could easily do three weeks for two three grand. 
I like it. It sounds like it's worth every penny. Yeah. Let's skip ahead now to kind of the second part of what we were talking about because we already talked about Transcend. Uh, Siberia mm-hmm. that was a big bucket list item for you yeah what were some of the other bucket list items you crossed off in 2019 this year was uh, we ran from the bulls I'd already done that but check it twice I guess I try not to count countries that, that I've been to anymore but it's hard not to always do a tally so I crossed going to 100 countries this this past year that was Finland Belarusia, Russia, Mongolia, Latvia, Lithuania with you. And uh, I think that was it. Nice. Congrats on the big hundred. Yeah. Uh, Trans-Siberia is a big one. And getting a golden visa or starting that application process for a golden visa, which is should be done in a few months. You know what's funny is I predict, and all of our predictions have come true so far, <laughs> I predict you're going to go through the process of getting a place in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. You're going to get set up. Oh, no. You're going to love it. Oh, no. And then three months after everything's done and settled, you're going to be like, Johnny, I'm moving to Russia. <laughs> that will not happen. That will not happen. There's a good chance. Barcelona is too vetted. Too vetted. We'll see. We'll Spent see. too much time. If anything, I'm buying like a, a, a summer or winter place in Russia. Okay. That's more likely. I can see that. Barcelona, I could see some things going wrong with the place I'm buying and the renovation and t- transfer of title and all that stuff. But no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm Barcelona. I'm okay. in. I like it. So for me, for this year, kind of big bucket list things I've done is every year I try to go on a big scuba diving trip mm-hmm. on a liverboard. Last year was the Maldives. This year was in Socorro, Mexico. And I just got back from it. It was 10 days on a boat with no internet at all. Zero cell phone signal. And even just that was a big, like a big deal for me. Because I don't remember when I've been without internet for 10 days. I think it's been probably 10 years. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, when was the last time you completely unplugged for 10 days? Antarctica three years ago and I, uh, I had a panic attack when I came back to it because it was all just too too much too fast how do you feel now well what's funny is it, it takes a day and a half to get from Los Cabos Mexico um, to Socorro Island where we're diving at and when you're about two hours you know away from coast you start getting signal again and I and I started you know for after like for 10 days I didn't have any signal at all and all of a sudden, I hear ding, ding, ding. And everybody on the boat started getting a signal. Oh, no. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to bed because it was, it was kind of late already. I was like, I'm not going to stress myself out. Yeah. Looking at my messages now, check my email now. I'm going to go to bed, enjoy one more night without internet. And then tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm going to have some coffee. I'm going to open my laptop. And I'm going to try to bang out what I can before we get to port. Mm-hmm. And then those kind of couple hours like in the morning before getting to land i i surprised and caught up on most of my emails i cleared out like you know one and a half inboxes cleared my whatsapp messages and i was like you know what it's not as as scary as we think it's going to be i think that your setup is set up well to handle that and also mentally you're set up well to handle that i think for a lot of people that have bosses or are in the middle of some really big projects, doing that would be a different experience, you know? Because it, when it, you come in and there's, <laughs> I've been with people that have like shut down for five days and they come back and it's like 350 emails and it's not emails from, it's emails from like bosses that are basically like, you're behind on this stuff and this needs to happen. And that can be really overwhelming. Well, that's why we're not, we're not bosses. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's amazing how you set up your life that you can take 10 days off and catch up with everything important kind of in a quick sitting. Right. Cause that's tough to do, but you've worked really hard at it over however many years that we've been doing this. Hey bosses, this week's sponsor is Diversity Fund, an alternative investment platform providing the same investment opportunities as the wealthy. Their goal is to help close the wealth gap and enable all Americans to achieve financial freedom by opening up the world of alternative investments 
and let you invest and build wealth like the 1%. Their current investing offering is the DF Growth REIT, a portfolio of commercial real estate focusing on value-add multifamily apartment buildings. What makes Diversity Fund different is that they are vertically integrated, which means that they own and operate all the assets. That allows them to remove the middlemen, not charge any platform or asset management fees. Best of all, they're invested alongside with you, so you know their interests are aligned with yours. Even then, they pay their investors before they pay themselves. Go to diversityfund.com to learn more or get started for as low as $500. Use promo code BOSS20 to get a $20 Amazon gift card after making your first investment. That's D-I-V-E-R-S-Y fund.com. Yeah, thanks for that. But I also think, I guess, jumping to the kind of the next section about work is I haven't been taking on new projects for a long time. I think it's been probably two years now since I really worked hard on like a, a, a business. Uh, looking back at what's been taking most of my time for the last year, it was really just the conferences. It was the first time uh, I did two nomad summits in a year, one in Chiang Mai and then one in Mexico. And then we had the Invest Like a Boss Summit as well. Mm-hmm. And then, and the thing is, I, like, it's almost like there's never a break because when one ends, you spend the next month or two, you know, out like, you know, uh, editing the videos or yeah. getting, making, you know, giving notes at least for that, following up on that, the photos, you know, sending things out, and then starting to market and plan the next one. So it's like there's never a break. I think it's like it's like the eighth wonder of the world how much time it takes to organize even a small event for like a hundred people. Yeah. It just people would think of it as from the outside and say, oh, "Johnny, you just you did two events and there's two days each. That couldn't possibly have taken that much time of your year." But it's literally a, it's a it's a twelve month process of of everything that you talked about, and it's just it's heavy. Yeah. It really is heavy. <clears throat> it's been insane, and. I think that this year, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it or not, but the plan, if I want to make the Nomad Summit profitable and keep the team paid, like and not have to like pause their, their pay you know, between conferences, mm. if I want to be able to keep them year-round, we have to do three conferences a year. And that way, Boy. every four months, we have something going, so people uh. are always busy. So that might happen, but at the same time, it's going to be even more work. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah, know. I mean, right now you're doing better than you've ever done in terms of net wealth, and so it's like you, you bring yeah. on you bring on more. Well, you know what? My net worth has been going; it's been good, but it actually hasn't gone up that much this year. Um, and it's really only because the market's doing good. Mm-hmm. My actual income, I haven't looked at it yet, but this might be the first year. Where I'm below a hundred thousand mm. dollars, so I'm no longer a six figure earner. Well, just keep cutting more costs. Instead <laughs> of going, living in a five hundred dollar a month place, you're living in a two fifty. Maybe why, next year, maybe next year you're uh, you're no, sleeping no. in my common area. I was actually going to call you, but like, <laughs> hey, is one of your apartments empty? <laughs> Mates rates. Yeah, I'll give you for two fifty. You know what? Like that. Was, it was actually a big. I mean, I guess speaking of. This apartment, this actually kind of symbolizes a lot of what's been going on financially for me, but also just like mindset. Where at a point, you know, it was, it was. This also came full circle because I was literally living in a two hundred fifty dollar a month apartment in Chiang Mai when I first started building my business. And my like most popular video on YouTube is my two hundred dollar fifty month, two hundred fifty dollar a month apartment in Chiang Mai. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna give a tour of this one now, and it's literally. <laughs> Like five years later, I'm back in a cheap apartment, but things have changed during those five years. You know, like when I first moved in there, it was because I was trying to save money, started bootstrap. And I started making more and I moved into nicer and nicer places. And at one point, I was spending $1,000 a month at like the really nice place in the Siri. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I was actually thinking, well, if I'm going to spend, you know, if I, like if that's the type of place I want to stay in, mm-hmm. when I'm in other countries, I still want to stay in a place like that. So I should probably spend fifteen hundred or two grand. And then I started looking at a place in San Diego that was like three grand. And I was like, well, this is normal, you know, this is what I should, you know, be staying in. Mm-hmm. 
and I was flying business class all the time. I was just kind of spending a lot of money and I was making a lot of money, but I was spending a lot. Yeah. And lately I haven't been making that much, but I've still been spending kind of in the middle, right? I'm not like cutting, cutting corners, but I'm not going crazy. Yesterday and today when I flew here, premium economy <laughs> instead of business class, mm-hmm. saved myself three grand. And then staying in a $250 a month apartment instead of a $500 one. So literally my costs are less than half. And I don't know how to feel about it. But like part of it, I know it's a smart decision financially. Mm-hmm. But then the other part, I'm thinking, am I just being lazy now and kind of just like not, you know, like not wanting to work hard? Or am I being smart and saying, well, why should I work so hard? To get things I don't actually need. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. I don't like this new Johnny. I like Baller Johnny. When we were in Lithuania, you were spending. We we're having fun every day. We we're out drinking, throwing money around. Yeah. So so we'll see. crazy. We'll see what happens. And you and I know you're a little delirious right now from yeah. your long plane trip, but you were very confident in Lithuania. Like everything, I was just like, wow, who's this new alpha male, Johnny? I've never yeah. seen the side of him before, but I like it. Yeah, I like it. I was also just lifting weights. And eating steaks yeah. in Ukraine for like two months. Yeah, he was like shoeless in a gym in Ukraine, squatting and what do they call it? With a, cl- a gl- clunker or something? <sighs> Doing squats. Oh, man, it was great. And like just being around all those gorgeous girls, you're like, your testosterone so high when you're there. Yeah. But yeah, I, you know, I, I, we'll save Bring that for, 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 for the court. We'll, we'll save that for the, for the it's update. All, it's all about leveling up. All right, so. Speaking of leveling up, a big part of that is learning and growing. What books did you read for the year? Man, I read a lot of books, but on audio. So I listened to a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll recap the list. Some losers in that group, I'll tell you what. Boy, I, I, I just start writing down book names when someone recommends them, and I don't vet them. It's just like, oh, I read this book. I really liked it. I read this book. You hear it on a podcast or somebody else just talking, and I write it, and I'll just, because I have credits in Audible always, I just download it, and I don't actually read what it's about end up getting all these horrible books but cocaine nights don't judge a book by its cover even though that's why i wanted to read it but wasn't that cool very interesting that ties into a little bit about some of the other stuff we'll talk about this episode but uh tom brady book tb12 all about tom brady how he stays in shape how he's managed to stay competitive in a very difficult sport in his early into his early 40s weather makers undoing project merchants of doubt snow crash quiet Pitch Anything and The Automatic Millionaire. Of that list, I really liked Quiet. I think everyone should read Quiet. It's basically a study of introverts. I think I'm somewhere split 50-50 in between introvert and extrovert. I've taken the test a lot of times and sometimes I take it, I'm introvert, sometimes I'm extrovert. But there's a lot of introverts out there. I mean, there's probably 50% introverts in some capacity and extroverts just don't really understand introverts well. And a lot of extroverts end up dating introverts and it'll be like, well, I can't understand why he or she just, you know, wants to hide when we're having people over for dinner or whatever. And like, I think it's just really important that people understand that it's just personality types, right? It's not something, something's wrong with that person. Um, So that was pretty cool. Pitch Anything's amazing for anyone that's in business, that's doing sales or uh, any entrepreneurs doing startups out there really good and the automatic millionaire we're gonna have to put on our mandatory reading list it's just it's basics but it makes sense pay yourself first do all these things in an automatic fashion because whenever you have to do something manually like put money away manually or push uh invest in in the vti fund manually it just doesn't get done routinely and if you break routine long-term investing can be destroyed so i would recommend that one and then Cocaine Nights is a novel that somebody referenced somewhere. It's like, just sounded really interesting. But basically, it's about all these re- re- British people that retire to the south of Spain into like a gated community and they live in the sun seven days a week and everything's safe. They have tennis, like they, the perfect kind of quote unquote retired life. And it's so it's so relevant to what's happening in the world right now and where people want to go. Like the world's becoming safer. The world's becoming more conscious. The world is becoming more boring. I mean, yeah, we can travel easier now, but there's less risk 
And eventually everyone's going to end up in a gated community with no crime and all these other things. And it's like the twilight zone. Like it, you, everyone will go depressed if, if that's what it is, if that's what life becomes. And this community basically ends up <laughs> like all these rich, retired people end up getting into like drugs, prostitution, all types of crime, just because everything's so safe and structured. They have to have something that is risky to just keep them going. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool. It's just tied into a, like a lot of things I thought that were happening in the world and how a lot of people just envision themselves being on a beach 365 days a year with, with a coconut and like re- don't realize that's no one would really enjoy that right yeah i think people really enjoy that for a few days when their life is normally super hectic because they, they need that exact opposite but if your life is already decent like you know if you're already kind of on a semi-permanent vacation then it gets boring very fast so i applaud you for reading so many books this year or listening to so many la's mm-hmm. that's one thing that i really dropped the ball on this year I was thinking, I was like, did I even read or even listen to a single book this year? Mm-hmm. A new one? And I don't think I did. I My Kindle broke. You know, I had it for years. Oh, here come the excuses. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I stopped reading. You know, so I stopped reading. I was like, oh, I'll just use audio. Yeah. And then my Audible uh, trial ended. <laughs> and I was and I was too cheap to renew it. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not... Like, I still have a couple books I haven't finished. Let me just pause it for a bit. And I just never started again. I think what's nice about you having that automatic rebuild Mm -hmm. is it forces you to be like, all right, I got to listen to these books. I'm just wasting my money. Yeah. I I log in sometimes. I have six credits. I'm like, jeez. Yeah. So, I think that's smart. If you guys want uh, to sign up for Audible, if you guys haven't already, investlikeaboss.com slash audio, and you can get a free trial, free credit. So... The only kind of saving grace I had was this year was the first year that I, I was listening to an audiobook mm-hmm. and basically learning Russian. So that's what I listened to every single day for, I would say, a few months. So I guess that to me, that's the equivalent of like like listening to a book or reading a book. Yeah. And then when I was in Mexico the last couple of months, I did the same, but with a the Michelle Thomas uh, kind of audio lessons as well. Where do you stand with Russia right now? Because you taught me my first Russian word, which I, it took me about a week in Russia to learn how to actually say it. Spasiba. 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 Yeah, no, no, you, you got it. That was <laughs> all good. Right, all right, all right, yeah. All right. yeah. It took you a week to learn how to say Spasiba. It's so hard to say. It's really hard to say the first couple of times. Well, I think every Russian word is hard to say, but the kind of trick is if you just mumble everything like you're drunk, mm-hmm. then everyone understands you. Spasiba. 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 Bathroom close. <laughs> they just kept closing the bathrooms on the uh, train. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, yeah, bathroom close, very direct. Yeah, I like it though. You know? I like it too. I like it. I, I think, I think it's actually a balance. If you take, say, the U.S. and Russia, it's about like a perfect balance in between. I think they're a little too cold, a little too direct, and America's maybe a little too far on the other side. But it, like, if you go there and you smile a lot, people think something's wrong with you. Yeah. Like, what? Well, what are you smiling for? You have yeah. to. You have to have some reason to smile. You can't just be like goofy and they think something's kind of cuckoo with you. Yeah. What's well, weird because I was I was just back in the U.S. for the last couple of weeks, and sometimes I really enjoyed the random casual small talk you have with people, and then sometimes I was really annoyed. Like, thinking, <laughs> this is such a waste of my time. Yeah, that's <laughs> me. Yeah. But I think you like it. Small talk? Yeah. I hate it. I, I think I think you like talking to random ass people. I mean, not small talk, but you like having conversations with complete strangers. Like, like let's say like some old guy, you know, for, for in the elevator or something. Yeah, if I'm in a new new country. No, uh, but even back in the U.S. No, no. Hell no. 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 No, it's annoying. I like to keep it to myself. That's the introvert, extrovert switch. It depends where I am. In Russia, I'll go out of my way to like go knock on some guy's door on a yurt just to strike up a conversation and see see what he's all about. But in the U.S., it's like, I don't know. I mean, I, there's not a lot. To, to me, uh, going back to, say, Tampa or, or Charlotte, like, there's just not that many interesting conversations that I can have. I mean, we're going to talk about, like, the beach in Tampa or what's happening in, at their business in Charlotte. I, I don't know. Like, well, I, I sound like a prick for saying that. Not, but, I know what you mean. Cause, but, but, but yeah. yeah, when you live abroad for as many years as we have... If I can go meet somebody at the Thai restaurant downstairs that op, that's a cook, and if they speak a little bit of English, I can have an interesting conversation because they grew up in such 
have just totally different circumstances and different culture than I do. Yeah. So I find that more interesting than meeting, say, like the director of a a big bank in Charlotte. You know? Yeah, yeah, and like you know, people talk about I don't know, like for example, like when people talk about like travel, but at, from a tourist point of view, like a vacation point of view. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to waste my time talking to them because, like, usually it's either just people bragging or they 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 want to hear about everything. But then you find out that they've already signed up for a package tour <laughs> and they have like one free afternoon, and you're like, "Well, why did you just ask me all these questions?" You know, dueling travel stories. That was cool. It's cool for everybody at some point, but yeah, when you live amongst tourists, that gets old pretty quick. So tell me again where your travel log went this year. You started in Chiang Mai. Yeah, Run so real quick. Chiang Mai and then Sri Lanka spent a month and a half there surfing. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I went to Portugal, Ukraine, Georgia. That was my first time there. Mm-hmm. Then Mexico for the Nomad Summit. Uh, and then we took a couple of random side trips like with you to Lithuania, to Prague. That but really, good. it was... Chiang Mai, Sri Lanka, Ukraine, Georgia, Mexico. You ever take a look through your phone at just the photos and you figure out where you, where the one year ago Mark was and you look through all the photos and you're just like blown away at how, when you put it in that context, how incredibly long the year seems. Yeah, but at the same time, one of my big goals is to travel less, yeah. like less often. My ultimate goal would be maximum four countries a year Mm -hmm. and to stay in each place for two to six months yeah i don't know i i feel like i just got comfortable saying 2019 instead of 2018 and now it's almost 2020 so in that regard it seems fast but when you actually go back through and look at everything you did it's pretty pretty amazing yeah well what's so what's funny about 2020 is my itinerary is gonna be exactly the same chiang mai Sri Lanka, Ukraine, Georgia, Mexico, Chiang Mai. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, just it's just comfortable with it. I like it, and also I feel like right now those are the best places to be. It it's it's almost kind of hard to explain. It's like in like right now in you know 2019 or 2020. Like those kind of kind of places are ripe, mm-hmm. where in a few years they might be over touristed, might be you know way expensive. Yeah, but right now, like Chiang Mai is already a little bit a little bit over touristed. That's why I'm spending less and less time here. Yeah, but Sri Lanka, super untouristed, super cheap. It's like the perfect time to go. Georgia, same thing. Ukraine. Same thing, like the the their economy, like just like the Russian ruble, mm-hmm. super low, so everything's super cheap. But what I also like about those three places is they have good infrastructure now, or at least starting to. Yeah. So it's not like just cheap and shitty; it's like cheap and good. And I feel like if I don't take advantage of that now or spend as much time there as I can now, I'm gonna be one of those you know people saying, "Oh yeah, back in the day, it was great there." Yeah. And you missed it. 20 years from now, there'll still be places that are like this. There'll just be fewer. You know, 20 years ago, there was more. But there's still a lot. Russia really opened my eyes to to what... And I know in the Ukraine, the value is ridiculous right now. Russia, the value is insane. Mm-hmm. And I think Argentina's probably back on that list now because their yeah. currency is so low. Argentina is an amazing place to spend time. Um, I'd like to get back down there and yeah. maybe do like six months down in Chile, Argentina, Patagonia. That's on the. That's up there. A lot of things man, to do in this world, my the, friend. The world's a big place, man. A lot of things to do. Go to Russia. Your world will get thirty percent bigger. Well, I, I've re- I already know that. What's like that's a huge kind of untapped place. Mm-hmm. So I'm saving it. I know it's not going to change that much in the next couple of years. Yeah. So my one of my goals for the next couple of years is to really practice Russian and get better at it. I think Ukraine. I think this might be kind of like one of the last years. It's good. Well, if the tension still... It's all because of the tensions with Russia, right? No, because... So, with my here's my prediction with Ukraine. Mm-hmm. It's either going to, you know, join the EU mm-hmm. in the next couple, you know, next couple of years. 
No way, Russia allows that to happen. No way, <laughs> it, it could happen. You should yeah. see how much like that is. There is military everywhere, everywhere in Russia. Yeah. You go to Saint Petersburg; these do, these are tough guys. They're all like six three, big, and you could probably punch them square in the face, and they would just like turn and kind of say die at you. Yeah, I mean they're they're big tough guys, uh, and it's it, it's a force. I mean, Saint Petersburg is basically Europe, but yeah, you just military everywhere. Well, so I don't know what's gonna happen, like war-wise with Ukraine, but I, I know for a fact that it's either going to get better or it's going to get worse. If it gets better, everything's going to get more expensive. Mm-hmm. There's going to be less reason to be there. And then if it gets worse, then I wouldn't want to be there. So it's one of those kind of places where right now it's kind of perfect. The, the value is too good there. It has to, has to change. Yeah. I feel like this is kind of like Latvia, like you said, joining the EU. I went to Prague right when it got onto the euro went to estonia right after it got on the euro and everything all the locals like yeah everything's 4x is what it was last year and i feel like that's that's where ukraine is going to be because the value there is just when you go into like an amazing breakfast restaurant with parrots and people playing piano and very very educated people serving you and your breakfast costs like two dollars and 20 cents something He's got to give. Something's wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll see what happens uh, with life uh, in 2020. To wrap it up, let's talk about something fun. Mm-hmm. What were some of your top purchases for the year? All of mine would be experience. So if we kind of use, you want to set like a, a money limit or you, you want know to what? just I guess, anything. Yeah. You know what? Let's talk about things that are like 100 bucks or so first. 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Yeah. All of mine would be experiences I bought like Apple AirBuds for my iPhone 7. I was pretty good, like $150 purchase. But aside from that, man, I um, I worked a lot this year, so I wasn't consuming as much. It was just kind of Monday through Friday, heads down. But when I went to some really great places and the experiences in that kind of $100 range were vast, we took a, in Kazan in Russia, we went out to a racetrack that was about hour and a half drive outside of Kazan city. It was the first stop outside of Moscow. And we needed a ride to get to the, the racetrack. And the guys, the, the guy, our guide in the city was like, well, I can take you in my car, but we have to sit like, you know, kind of six in like a, a four seater. We're like, eh, is there any other options? And I'm like, can we get like a limo? And he made a call for a limo. If you guys want to see the limo, put a photo in it or you can uh, follow me on Instagram. I put it in there. It's a letter I letter M Sam Marks. And the guy gets a limo for us. What ended up being like 55 bucks for four hours. And limo takes us out to the racetrack. We hang out at the racetrack, finish racing. Then we party in the limo and we're like drinking. We end up going two hours over in the limo. It's like an extra 20 bucks. So that whole experience was like $70. And just because the ruble's so cheap. Yeah, I love it. The bad thing was Kevin and this other guy, Clement, both wrecked their race car. Oh, no. <laughs> and so that was a dicey situation, right? They both said they knew how to drive manual. It turns out both of them didn't really know how to drive manual. Both wrecked the cars. And when they're trying to figure out, we're like way outside the city, don't know anybody. Big truck full of like these thugs show up. And we're like, oh man, fortunately, Kevin's got enough money. He just was like, hey, tell me what I need need to pay and get rid of this. But the, but the racetrack saw us show up in this limo. So they knew we had money. Oh no. <laughs> what kind of car was it? Um, I wouldn't say they're like some type of Russian Subaru. Okay. I wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a super shitty car, but it also wasn't a Porsche. So how much was it to... Like for the wreck, for uh, I think he swiped his credit card for four thousand US. Ooh, yeah. yeah, but you know what? Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Um, for that price, it's a story. Yeah. Um, but it was it was getting pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, like, I can, you I can know, see that. You, you can imagine uh, it was pretty intimidating. And uh, the whole time, like I'm just in their limo drinking vodka. Oh, like, God. hope this gets resolved. <laughs> Thanks for your help. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say that one stood out. There's, um, you know, what was also I thought really good value. In, in the experience also kind of slash product was the studio runner we did in LA that was actually I'm glad we did that that was 100 cool. bucks an so hour that really like cool. that's that's an amazing experience also sort of like a product also like 
a, a lap in a Ferrari in Las Vegas. Yeah, that was kind fun. of a hundred bucks here in Chiang Mai. Hundred dollars for a Muay Thai membership at like this amazing place called Camp Muay Thai. It's like just ridiculous facility, and there's just so many awesome things that you can do with a hundred bucks around the world. That I don't know if you can match it with a product. You got any good product ones? Yeah, I actually have a couple really good ones. Nice. So one that is making that's changed my life Woo. and is making this recording possible is I finally replaced the battery in my MacBook Air. It used to die like every like 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, God. And I, I kept putting it off. I guess I could have just plugged this in because we're actually close Speaking enough Speaking of, now. Johnny's plugging in his computer right well, now. I, you know, I, I, well, I realized that I could plug, I could have plugged it in because mm-hmm. I'm close enough. But there, there's been you know a lot of like cases where I wanted to do, do like a podcast or work and I just couldn't because the battery would die. And the reason why I didn't replace the battery was... I had just done it like two years ago here at Mac Cafe and I was pissed that it broke again. Yeah. And I, I'm, I've been wanting to buy a new MacBook for the last couple of years, but they keep sucking. And I keep waiting. Like finally the 16-inch now has fixed the keyboard. It's better, but it's too big. So I'm going to wait to see if they make a 14-inch. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to replace the battery so I can, this can keep going for another year. I bought one for off of eBay for like 50 bucks, replaced it myself. Best investment ever. It feels like a brand new laptop. It's giving me so much freedom now to be able to to sit outside with coffee shops and really like use it as a laptop again and not mm-hmm. just sit, you know, sit at a desk. So I would say that was great. And then also AirPods. You got those? Yep. Yeah, they're cool, right? They're amazing. I cannot believe how, like, I used to spend every day, like five times a day, Untangling. Untangling <laughs> fucking headphones. Yeah. And it was so frustrating. The AirPods are so easy. They pair so well. Yeah. They work so freaking good. It is. It's good. Well, you just got those with your new phone, right? Or, uh, or did you get well, them Well, you know what's funny is... Okay, so the iPhone 11, also good purchase. $1,000 purchase. Cameras are so much better. And because I had a 7 Plus, and I was like, ah, it's good enough. It's fast enough. The 11 really is that much better. Like, it's so much faster, so much crispier. The photos are so much better. Hmm. So for someone who takes a lot of photos, for me, it was absolutely worth it. Yeah. For the AirPods, what's actually funny was I was still too cheap to buy it, but I was like, you know what? I should, I should get them. So I was going to buy a secondhand pair or something. Oh, my God, Johnny. You well, disappoint me. I'm like, you know what? They're just <laughs> oh AirPods. Who cares? God. It's like buying a used <laughs> jock strap. Dude, they're headphones. Who cares? But what's funny is one of our listeners... I don't know if you know him, Kingsley. Yeah. He said, hey, Johnny, uh, I know you're like, he's like, I see it's it's around your birthday and you still haven't bought AirPods yet. What's your Apple Pay? He sends me 200 bucks and says, get yourself some AirPods. We should split that. That should be, that should oh, be, you want, that, that should be revenue. You want, you want the left Kingsley, one? Kingsley, my birthday is coming up April 12th. <laughs> And uh, I'm in the market for a new iPhone 11. Uh, <laughs> or just half of one. It's <laughs> right. kind of in a half. Nice, man. Well, yeah. Welcome so to shout the out guy. to Kingsley and yeah. shout out to you guys. If you if you ever want to send us anything, you're welcome to. <laughs> but like it really changed my life. I'm so glad that, that I started using it. You know what really bothered me? Not The untangling I, was a, a pain. But what would happen with those old, I guess, what do you call it? Like the, the old ones? Yeah. With the straps? Yeah. <laughs> the, the strings? is when I would work out, like once a week, I'd be working out and it would get caught, caught on something, something. Oh and it God. would rip out of your ear and yeah. you just like, you want to turn and punch somebody. Like it's it's so well, you, shocking. You know, the thing is, I wouldn't even work out with them because I didn't want that happening. Yeah. So I, I was working out without music for, for like years. Oh God. And now that I'm like, oh crap, this is great. I can listen to music while working out. It's amazing. <laughs> thrifty, not cheap, thrifty. I think that, that was me being being cheap. Uh, what else you got on, your, right. on your buy list? Um, so this was the first year that I pay, I opted to pay the upgrade for nitrox mm-hmm. gas instead of using normal air for to dive. Mm-hmm. And the benefits of it is you can get like you know uh, longer bottom time when you dive. You don't have to worry about nitrogen building up as much. But a side benefit is because there's more oxygen in, mm-hmm. you don't get as tired. And I wasn't really a believer in it. I was like, ah, I'm fine. Like, but because we're gonna be diving so much, 
I was like, okay, I'll pay the 120 bucks, get the nitrox. So now you get 32% air instead of 21, and it made the world of difference. I had so much more energy every day, felt better every day. Uh, you know, you're at less risk of your body building up too much nitrogen. Mm-hmm. So just like it just it's almost a no brainer. You like you still love diving, don't you? You know, what? I love it, but at the same time, I feel bad because out of the 16 people on the boat who each paid like four thousand dollars to go, mm-hmm. I was probably the one that was like, all right, like I, I like it, I can go home now. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 too much. Yeah, it's it's. I, I got my rescue divers, and I'm having an accident and getting rescued during my rescue diver certification was crazy. Oh. But I guess I looked back and I was like, I never really enjoyed it. I just wanted to challenge myself to like new things, and that's why I was going through the rescue diver certification. And then, you know, continue I, I on. You, yeah. but I just never really liked it. I wonder if you go just on a fun dive, just look at fish. If you would like it, though. I mean, I've done like eighty dives, but. It, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think some of the original dives, like when you see first like big fish or first reefs or something cool, but after a while, I'm just like, I get down there for 20 minutes. I'm like, like let's go, let's go and have some beers or something. It's just it's too slow for me, right? I Fast think, pace. Yeah, for me, that's the reason why I like it is it's it forces you to unplug. Yeah, makes you chill, but then also just seeing the wildlife. And so for me now, I can't just do normal kind of diving. Mm-hmm. I get bored. Like, if you told me, Johnny, you want to go down to Kotao to go dive? I'm like, no. Yeah. I'd just rather not do it. And that's why I have to do these... There's no fish in Thailand. These, yeah. <laughs> it's it's the overfishing and, yeah. and, and the resorts, like the way that they, they built it. But I wanted to use that to actually yeah. segue into to a couple things. This year, I've noticed a lot of really rapid progressions in the world that it's mostly millennial driven. But I want to see if you see, notice the same things. Uh, and I think it's good for the world. I mean, I don't like everything that's going on in the world, but the world is definitely seems to be more conscious. I think it might be more boring in 20 years, but you know, even in Thailand now, everywhere I'm seeing paper straws. So like there's this war on plastic that is taking root everywhere, right? Vegan food is all of a sudden like the cool new thing. Vegan restaurants everywhere. I'm eating vegan like maybe four or five days a week, especially in Asia, super easy. Soy milk, there's like a war on dairy. Everywhere's got soy milk, almond milk. I'm finding myself having like all my coffee with almond. It's almost like taboo to have dairy, which is kind of cool because like cows are cool and you know, maybe it's a good thing. And then also like these plant-based meats, it's like everywhere, man. Not in Mongolia. Mongolia had none of this stuff. They're just like, yeah meat and soup and yeah, beer but uh i don't know it's pretty cool because i feel like the first time all the stuff really started kicking off was like 12 months ago and it seems like the entire world is pushing these things and it's accelerated like the movement's accelerating fast i could see lots of people being vegan in in three to five years that yeah. would never think they, they were going to be so it's definitely accelerated this year mm-hmm. and you know i my theories on either on why could be one is because life is actually pretty easy right now. We don't have that much to worry about. So when you don't have that much to worry about, you start kind of think you know you start kind of thinking of higher causes, and whether it's a true higher cause or a made up higher cause, you know we just kind of want to feel we just have like we're not worried about you know where to get basic foods. So like if you're starving. Or you're poor and you can't, you just, you know, you're just like trying to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. You're not going to ask, is this non GMO organic vegan food? You're going to say, is this edible? Right. <laughs> and, you know, it's almost like the higher, you know, Maslow's talking your needs. Once those kind of basic needs are met, then you start thinking, like, you know, a, like a little bit, like you're, you're more enlightened. My health and right? the world and things like that, right? Yeah. And like it could be true self-actualization where you might be correct or you might be just kind of following some, you know, some big higher cause that may not be real. Mm-hmm. But either way, we have time to do that. I, I really believe that a lot of it's pushed by, by money and big companies. Like that big documentary, Game Changers. That's a James Cameron movie. It has a huge movie stars in it. And it's pushing, you know, the, ve- like the vegan movement. 
But what people don't realize is that movie is funded completely by vegan product manufacturers. Hmm. So there's a lot of money there. And a lot of the the health part of it, it's one of those things where in one way it's good because like factory farming is really bad. Like it's it's not, you know, it's just it's not good for people, it's not good for the the animals, it's terrible. Yeah. But the problem is like growing, you know, monocrops like soy and corn is also not good. Mm-hmm. Like the actual solution would be to go to permaculture, have you know, like crops that 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 actually rotate, where everything kind of works together, where you know cows are actually eating grass, and you know they're and they're living free instead of just in like these little cages. That would be the actual best solution, but there's no money to push that, like, yeah. to push for that. Yeah. So what are you doing? Are you are you are you going vegan? Are you into all this? No, definitely not. No. I mean, you know what? You know what's great? I'm really happy that this is happening now because I think if I was younger and I didn't ha- I didn't have all the time to to have heard both sides and mm-hmm. do my own research, I would have fell for it for sure. And I'd be vegan again. But I've already been vegan in my life for six months. Yeah, and? And in the beginning, I felt better. I felt great because you're cutting out all the other crap. But then by the end of the six months, I felt like crap. Really? And I think that's that's true for most people. Like, it's it's almost impossible to stay healthy vegan long term. It's it's not, you know, it, it is possible. Mm-hmm. But like nobody does it i'm gonna do the i'm gonna do the eggs uh maybe a bit of milk and probably like occasional uh, <laughs> drumstick okay uh i don't think i can i'm going full but i'm yeah um i mean how do i look right now well you, you look good no you look, like, honestly, you look great you look great you haven't seen me in what like six yeah. months yeah hold on let me, hold up no, I, I can tell i can, I can see it through your shirt Sam, taking off a shirt Sam, it looks jacked. You actually look really good. You look jacked. Yeah, you look more ripped and more jacked than usual. More veiny, more vascular. More veiny? Yeah. So Sam just ripped out his mic while we're trying to take off his shirt and flex. So so we're going to share a mic to finish this up. But I think this is a wrap anyways. It's been a good episode, good catch up uh, with everyone. Hold on. I, I want to talk. Um, just Let's do, so like, first of all, I wasn't flexing. That was, that was no, not natural. Tell them it's natural. Sure. So if you guys want to come out to Chiang Mai, uh, I'm going to be here until February, Sam. I'll be here till January 21st. Yeah. No, 28th. 28th. January 28th. Through January, basically. So February as well. Yeah. Yeah, let's get together. Let's do a meetup. Yeah, so we can do a meetup. Uh, if you guys are coming out for the Nomad Summit, maybe we can do an iLab meetup as well. Uh, there's going to be a ton of people in town, so it's going to be fun. And yeah, so just uh, let us know in the Boss Lounge. If you guys haven't joined yet, look for Boss Lounge on Facebook and leave a review of the podcast if you liked it. Ask us any questions. We're going to try to get it uh, answered for you guys in the next Q4 update. Sam, any uh, parting words? Yeah, no, just stay tuned to Q4 update. I know in this episode, we, we didn't touch on finance or investing, but there was a lot to recap. So we'll keep the Q4 updates strictly to personal finance, investing plans for 2020. Uh, if you guys end up doing the Siberia trip or interested in it, reach out to Nomad Train. I think they did a really, really good job putting it together. Tell them iLab sent you. They'll throw you probably, I think they said they'll do like $50 off your trip, which is pretty reasonable. And um, get out to Siberia. If anyone's thinking about it, go soon because it's going to change. Landscape's going to change. And uh, it's a, a truly remarkable experience. All right. So, Spasiba. 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 Spasiba, my friends, for listening. And also, thank you to our sponsor, Diversity Fund, for sponsoring this episode. Check them out. And we'll see all, all of you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Best Like a Boss podcast. Join our mailing list at investlikeaboss.com to get exclusive access to our insider investment portfolios and our private members forum. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends and leave us a review in the iTunes store. It helps more than you know. See you guys next week.